Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. I know that my my people are listening to us, and those that are listening, I got something special for you and someone special for you to listen. But before that, I know that I would like to take the time to thank Susie for coming because I know she is bringing a couple of things that are very precious. First, her time. It is a beautiful commodity. It is so precious that many of us don't know how to utilize it correctly. And so I want to thank Susie for coming and sharing and spending some of this expensive stuff with us. The second is her journey. Oh, that is a beautiful thing. It houses pain, joy, suffering, and all of those things. And yet she's here to share with us so that you and I can become a better human spirits while we're here on this planet. Susie, thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. It is an honor to be here with you today, Ken. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tell the people the things that you have created, the tools that you have gained out of your journey um, so that they can come and get in touch with you and partake of your greatness and your wisdom so that they can become great and walk and become disciples. I help. People become freed from stuff by helping them access internal resources they never knew they had in order to create what they never knew they could. And in my work, I do it through counseling, coaching, Mm -hmm. speaking, and writing. Nice. I love that. Um, Those are the tools I tell people we get a chance to serve each other through some of them. And yes. the gift that we get is to be servant because I, I always paint the picture because my background is, is Christianity. And they taught me, and as I read the Bible, it said that Jesus Christ is the representation of God. And it always freaked me out how God came and he's washing this feet of disciples. I think that is powerful imagery to show that even God is taking this time to serve, to be a servant to us. And so we must be servants to each other. I want to take you back a little, Susie, into your, uh, what I call the crib or the science project that our parents are uh, here to experiment on us because they're still learning. They're seeing the world from uh, someplace that are broken sometimes. And yet they love us and they're trying to bring us up into this space. Talk to us about your family unit. What was it like? I grew up in a very 
conservative Christian family. I was actually raised uh, with uh, a Pentecostal background. I grew up in the Assemblies of God. Likewise. And my family was... Hmm? Likewise. You as well? Okay. Yes, I, and, I was. <laughs> okay. And so um, my father especially was very devoted to his faith. Mm-hmm. And as a child, he taught me to ask questions and to be curious. And uh, sometimes I um, took great pleasure in challenging my Sunday school teachers with really good questions. And so it was a rich environment. I was also in that raised by a mother who was abusive and unpredictable. Mm. And so I I, I grew up with this mix of devotion and faith and uh i would say even a, a a deep spiritual journey as a child i i wasn't sort of a typical child i was even though i had two brothers who were older than me they were 20 and 23 years older than me so i was essentially raised wow. as an only child and um so i i grew up being a relatively serious child i was fun and playful but i i was a thinker and I was taught that from my father to to be mm-hmm. thoughtful. And so I grew up in that heritage. And then uh, my faith was really foundational to me. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with my mother was very difficult. And yeah. uh, that was really when you talked about how we really learn from our trauma experiences, and we grow from those. That was certainly my case. And it was actually when I was in graduate school um, in seminary at one time, I was sitting in chapel and the speaker was saying, I was working on my master's in education at the time, and uh, the speaker was saying, uh, with Jesus, you're never alone. And I remember Mm -hmm. thinking, well, then with Jesus, if I'm never alone, why the hell do I feel so alone? Mm-hmm. And I, I walked out of the chapel and there was a counseling professor outside the door and I said, I need to talk to you. And I went and uh, sat down with him and began to share with him about my struggle. And uh, I actually went into my own personal therapy. And it was at that point that my life really took a major change, both in terms of my personal healing, but also in my theological journey. And yeah. I, I continued my travel and ex- uh, spiritually and expanded my view with regard to um, what it means to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. And uh, I eventually then uh, continued on and got an additional master's in counseling. So that's how my path changed from education to counseling. I was in ministry for about 13 years and during that time also doing private practice. So there was, uh, it was an interesting mix. I have a great appreciation for my heritage theologically. And Mm -hmm. I also am so thrilled that I have continued to be curious and ask questions and challenge belief and and find my way in that journey. I think it's important. Uh, we tend to forget uh, the human experience is um, critical in the growth of the spirit man. And we don't, uh, I know a lot of Christians 
don't focus much on that, the human experience part of it. They tend to negate the, the, um, all the trauma and everything and never really put the work that is necessary to gain the desired outcome. They leave everything up to God and expect that he would do all. And so they sometimes miss the wisdom that is in picking up your cross and follow me. And I think uh, that's one of the weaknesses within the church. We never focus. Because we are in this body, we do suffer things related to the body that affects the spiritual aspect of the individual. And so we have to, uh, that's why I wanted to talk to you, because I'm looking at your credentials, and I can see that you have the tools, the wisdom, the necessary uh, uh, study that, that is uh, set up to understand the human aspect of the individual. And I wanted to get a chance to delve into that and not, and knowing now that your background was so similar to mine makes it even much more so fun because I love the, uh, the challenge that God said, come, let's reason together. So I don't have to give that up. So talk to me as, um, you are experienced this thing because that is a powerful petri dish, if you will, to grow up to see both the spiritual peace and the dichotomy the, the, between the, the, the body and that struggle with the emotion, the pain and all of that stuff. And yet we are called Christians and, and we, uh, some of them don't want to deal with that. Talk to me because I, I've, I've, I was a uh, pastor, so I know about some of this stuff that we're talking about and to bring people to the reality that they need to get help. You know, it's another different thing. Talk to me as to how did you manage in that? I know that you mentioned some of the things with your mom, but talk to me about some of those um, emotional things that you started to pick up and deposit within yourself as a young woman growing within that household? That's a really good question. And um, I think as I look back, on the faith side of my experience, I was told that I was a child of God and that I uh, was worthy of love, even to mm -hmm. the point that Jesus came to die on our behalf. Yeah. But alongside of that, I had this experience with a, a woman who was my mother who loved me, but she didn't know how to manage her emotional states sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so in her frustration, she would take it out on me. Yeah. And so it became confusing for me in sure. terms of, I think, at a really deep unconscious level about my true value and my worth. Mm -hmm. yeah. And one of the things that I, I uh, also struggled with in my own journey was that there was a kind of belief system presented in Christianity at that time that uh, I call it the worm theology, you know, that, um, that Jesus died for such a worm as I. And Mm -hmm. um, I remember thinking that seems very confusing that if I'm like nothing in the sight of God, yeah. uh, why, why would God come 
on my behalf. And so I kind yeah. of grappled with those questions, even as a an adolescent and into adulthood and even into my theological training. So mm-hmm. my history brought to me some confusing messages about my worth. And probably one of the most freeing experiences in my own journey, and because of my curiosity and because of the value I had in asking questions and being given permission to ask questions, to not just accept what I was being told, it really moved me forward to challenge theologically what I had learned meant to be uh, to be a center. Mm-hmm. And I came then to really realize that Jesus came to show us how to live. Mm-hmm. And the way that he lived his life was how we are meant to live our life. And yes. in that, then we are meant to live our life, as you say, serving others. We're also meant to live our life in strength and joy mm-hmm and clarity, and determination, and faith, and love, and came to be an example of that in human flesh. Like, this is how you do it as a human being. And uh, I think that is probably one of the greatest gifts that I received from my, my heritage, from my history, was the realization that, that Jesus was human, and he came to show us how to be human. Yeah, how to do it. I, I absolutely agree. I think in my case, what I, when I looked at the fact that Jesus came for me was the fact that it showed me that I'm, and I would teach people this. He saw a value that I could not see. And so I must have been very expensive for him to come to sacrifice himself. And so I would tell people, you, you you are very expensive. You you it, it costs something, and because it costs something, you have to recognize the cost and live with the knowledge that hey, I am something because it was expensive, and so uh, I must be worth something. And so that's why I would I would especially the young kids that I had to teach. That's the revelation that I had gotten when I was in dealing with a lot because I came out of youth group kind of thing and I saw that um, that one thing being used against a lot of children who didn't know their self-worth. And when you don't know your self-worth, someone will tell you what you're worth and they can then lead you in whatever direction. Um, but here you are, you are experiencing all of these powerful uh, lessons in your life. And um, how did you uh, gravitate towards the the counseling? Because I knew you came out of theology, but how did you gravitate towards that aspect of uh, uh, your studies versus something else? It came out of the personal transformation in me from my own psychotherapeutic experience. Yeah. When I got into counseling and I began to experience the healing of Mm -hmm. being seen for who I really am and that I could live from that place and I could create from a greater sense of clarity about who I am. Everything changed in that. And I, and I said to myself, I want to really, uh, 
I want to do this. And so mm -hmm. I, as I said, I hung, hung around and got another master's in counseling. Mm -hmm. And um, it has been deeply satisfying for me. I have yeah. been doing this work for decades. And yeah. I, I don't get tired of it. Everybody's journey is so amazing and so unique. And to be able to come alongside of someone, come along and for them to trust me with their story, mm -hmm. with yes. their pain, with their wounds, to be vulnerable in that way and to come alongside of them and to provide support and clarity and insight is incredibly satisfying for me. And so, yeah, I, I, I love the work that I do because I, I know the transformation that I experience. Mm -hmm. And I also know the transformation that I see in the people that I work with. And yeah. it just, it just doesn't get better than that. It is, it is the, one of the things that I tell people, the purpose of the journey is to identify who you are, to come to grips with who you are, learn about who you are, ask questions, become inquisitive, become an investigator as to why and go deeper and deeper at each question. And as you began to go deeper and deeper, you began to get a, a wonderful um, expression of who you are. The principle is this, I tell people, to love the Lord thy God with all thy might, with all thy strength and all thy soul. And then it says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so you got to have a relationship with your God to learn how to love because you have to learn how to love you. You have to learn how to forgive you. You have to do all of those things that you can then come to me from that space that you have experienced. It is personal. It is something that you know. And when you're coming from that space, it is much more powerful than coming from a place that you just studied. And that is why your journey, your story houses such power, such anointing in it because you have experienced some of these things. So talk to me because I want to talk to, uh, bring some of that out of you. Um, some of those thoughts that you allowed and to grow big, big in your life that cause you to see yourself less than. Because I always tell people, it doesn't matter who you are and what you have accomplished in this life. We all go through a journey and we all have to go through painful parts of ourselves to learn. Because Second Corinthians uh, talks about our, our God, our merciful Father, who is the source of all comfort. And so we have to go get that comfort and that as we go through our journey so that we can then, as it says in the scripture, we can comfort people from that same space so they can, because we can empathize. We, we, we can not be judgmental. We know all of those things because we experience it. Talk to me about some of those painful places as you began to look at to yourself that you discovered that were there and you, uh, how you proceeded to gain your healing, as they say. I think to reflect back on um, what we touched on earlier was that being raised by a woman who was significantly wounded herself yeah. and uh, unpredictable could be even physically abusive when she would be angry. I think back to uh, maybe one of the most difficult points in my life, and I think it was actually the last time that she 
um, physically assaulted me. But I remember that I had uh, come home and there was confusion about where the key was to the door because she was away and I couldn't get in. And I went to a neighbor's house and she was frantic. And then when she found me uh, and we got home, she had locked me in the bedroom and um, had started to be physically abusive. And I remember my father standing outside of the door and pounding on the door and saying, Elizabeth, please stop, please stop. And I remember in that moment how confusing that trauma was because I hadn't Mm -hmm. even had an opportunity to explain why I had made that choice. And um, I think that was a moment when my mother really realized her own fear in relationship with me and that part of what had happened was that she had become so terrified that something had happened to me when I wasn't home yeah and she took it out in her rage and so part of the journey was about acknowledging the impact of that on me mm-hmm. and the confusion of that but also understanding what had been going on inside of her yeah to to react in that way because mm-hmm. it's very confusing if you know that someone loves you and is abusive to you that yeah. that's very very confusing and it and it creates a conflict it can create conflicted beliefs inside about yeah. your worth well you say that you love me and yet you you um assault me and so uh part of my journey was really to understand what had been going on for her and to forgive her uh, in that. And that took time. It it takes time sometimes to be able to come to that place. But but I did. And uh, she actually passed before I had completed my therapeutic journey, which, by the way, is always an ongoing journey if you're always really growing you know i'm always i'm always continuing the the healing process in my life but it um it took a while to sort through all of that and i sometimes say to people when i'm working with them um we're not going to be water skiing here we're going to be doing scuba diving Mm -hmm. because we need to go deeply inside of our experience because that's where the treasure is that's where the truth is that's where the insight is and so i always say to the people that i work with be prepared that we are we're going to go to some tough places but this time we're going to go to those places you're going to go to those places not being alone in your own mind or in your own mm-hmm. experience, but I'm going with you to that place so yeah. that we can transform that experience. And part of the way that we do that is we want to get to a place where we can remember a memory. We can remember the experience. We can remember the emotion, but we are not reliving the emotion and the trauma. Yeah. It's very important that it's it's not about forgetting about what has happened to us. We want to be able to honor those experiences, but we want to be able to think about them and reflect on them and learn from them without reactivating the trauma in the experience. Yes. So that really is that is really the work that is most effective to be able to heal 
things that have happened for us in our history. I, I absolutely believe that's the, that's the key. Um, as I mentioned to you, we are spirit housed within this uh, human body and we have a chance to experience much trauma uh, based in living in this place. And so uh, getting to face that, because most of us it happened when we were younger. I remember, Susie, when I had to, um, when my memories started coming back and, and God had said to me, I was in Bible school and he told me to go and um, ask my parents to for forgiveness because they did something to me and I, I, I didn't talk to them for years. I wouldn't, I didn't have a really good relationship with my parents and God told me to go and apologize. <laughs> it mm-hmm. took me months. <laughs> so I want to, you to talk to people about the importance of forgiveness because this is a really critical piece within that individual growth, um, forgiving. And I had to, I was in college. And I fought and fought and fought. And uh, after a while, we all have to surrender. Even Jesus fought and fought and fought and he surrendered. And um, we have to do the same if we want to have this relationship with our father. And so I remember catching the train and coming back because it was in a different part of the, the state, coming back and seeking my parents them forgiveness. Talk to them about the importance of this because a lot of people don't understand the power that resides in one coming and um, seeking forgiveness and the freedom that comes from there. Talk to them about that. Forgiveness is not about saying that it was okay. Forgiveness isn't about denying the hurt and the wound and the trauma and the loss and the fear that happens in an experience. It's about acknowledging the truth of what happened yeah. of taking it seriously of of honoring it it's also about understanding that when we are harmed by another human being we are not harmed because of their divine nature we are harmed because of their own woundedness yeah. and their own trauma and their own hurt and their own loss and their own fear and that when they are acting toward us in a hurtful way, it is that they are acting out of their own pain. Mm -hmm. So we don't negate what we feel in that. We don't negate the the hurt, the fear, the anger, the confusion, the bewilderment, uh, the frustration, whatever has been ignited in our own wounding. But rather we come to understand that that person who who harmed us at some level was actually doing the best that they could with where they were. And it's not, again, negating the impact that it had on us, but it is saying that even in acknowledging what happened, I can forgive you, meaning I am not going to be your judge and jury. Mm. And I am going to move forward in my life and I am going to no longer live out of that trauma and that hurt and the beliefs that I gathered from that, but I am going to move forward in my life and continue to live out of my own divine name and and to let that go. And sometimes forgiveness doesn't mean that we allow someone to continue to be abusive to us. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we 
don't want them to take responsibility for their actions. Forgiveness is not in opposition to justice per se, but it really is about our being able to let go of our judgment and fear of that person and to be able to continue to move forward in our lives in alignment with the truth that we know about ourselves. And that truth being that we are created in the image of it. And that is how we are meant to live. We're not meant to live out of the wounds of trauma and hurt and loss. That is absolutely, I love the way you you, um, illustrated those with uh, that whole thing with the words that you spoke. It is um, a painful place because I remember pain that was in that. And I, those that are listening to us, who, um, Susie knows the reason why I dug a little deeper, Susie, was I wanted those that are in that space would recognize that you're familiar with that and that you uh, can express it even when they are contacting you or talking to you. You can express and empathize with them. And now you'll be able to guide them from there. And I told them, I said, the coaches and the teachers are there because you are so busy in living your life, but not really living, that you don't know the type of questions to ask to help you to get free. But someone that I've gone through will know the type of questions to ask because they've asked it themselves and they know when to ask it, how to ask it to get the desired outcome. So here you are, you are uh, uh, learning all of these different things about yourself and you going to school, you recognize your gift. And I love how you said it earlier that you don't work. And I tell people that is how I believe, Susie, that is how God, if I'm a creator and my child stumbled and fall, I would put in a couple of sale, uh, safe uh, kind of things within him built in to help him understand a few things. And so I believe one of those things that the Bible teaches that the man became uh, cursed as a result, his labor and all the different things. And I believe the gift that God knew that was going to happen. So he put in every man, every person, a gift that once we discover that gift, it's no longer a curse. It's the most beautiful thing because we live out of this thing and there's this joy that is um, within the individual. You could be in that space a hundred hours a day if possible. Everyone will look at you and say, why aren't you so tired? And you look at them, no, I'm getting more energy as the day goes by as a result of this because it is who I am. So talk to me as to when this girl starts to explore all of these things and some of the people that you meet, the pain that you have counseled. Take from your memory someone that you can remember that was in that dark place and that through your experience, you were able to walk them through. And when they got the, as they say, the aha moment, and they began to realize who they are and then the steps that they take. Well, I've... uh... I've been doing this now for four decades, so yeah, long time. <laughs> I have a quite an archive of experience with people. Mm. So to select a story to share with you about someone's journey, um, you know, I I can think about 
perhaps a woman that I was working with a few years ago who had come to me and she was in an abusive situation. Mm-hmm. And part of the work was really about her beginning to understand that she was replicating her experiences from a child mm-hmm. in that she grew up having been abused. And so she was choosing what was familiar to her. And not sometimes we say people stay with what's comfortable. It's not that people stay with what's comfortable. It's that they stay with what's familiar. Because mm-hmm. if it's familiar, mm-hmm. I know how to navigate it. So yeah. even if I'm in relationship with someone who is unkind or abusive to me, I at least know how to navigate that because I have experience in that. But if I'm going to think about being, for example, in relationship with someone who is kind and appreciative and respectful and truthful and loving and mm-hmm. uh, nurturing, I wouldn't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no point of reference for that. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. people tend to kind of go with whatever is their default understanding. So part of what was important for this woman was that she had to really explore and find on her own the truth of her own worth. Yeah. She had to know that she deserved something better than where she was at. And so what happened over the course of our work together was that she began to get a clearer picture of who she really is. Mm-hmm. She began to really understand her gifts, her strengths, yeah. the the beauty of what she ha- is bringing to life. Yeah. And she began to see the dissonance of the environment in which she was in, in this difficult relationship. And as she became more solid in the truth of who she was, yeah. And she began to trust that she had the capability and the Mm -hmm. internal resources to change her life. Then she was able to put together a strategy to exit that relationship Mm -hmm. and to move forward and recreate her life. And today she is a very successful entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and she is a coach and she also went on to develop other businesses (laughs) and her life has transformed because she came to know that she was worthy of more. She became clear about her her gifts and her strengths. Mm -hmm. And in that, then she could trust that and move out in her life and create what she wanted. And that's what she did. That is awesome. Now, one of the reasons why I asked that is because I wanted you to lay out the blueprint for them, for the listeners to hear process by um, how you can bring someone from a dark space and the tools that you utilize to guide them into themselves for that wonderful meeting as they began to see and really comprehend the richness and the greatness of who they truly are and the value and all of these things they began to see and uh, they began to then create the boundaries that are necessary. Jesus had boundaries. He would go with people, spend all kinds of time, heal them, and then he he, he gets away. He leaves. And so boundaries, yeah. I tell people, are good. Uh, you have to understand what they are for. And so once you have introduced and set up and, uh, your boundaries, that's because you've trusted yourself enough to know that these are the boundaries that you require in your existence. And because they're there, uh, don't allow someone's, um, their 
decision or their lifestyle to cause you to forfeit what you have decided as part of your bond because people um, tend to make you feel guilty about having those. And so I try to tell people there is no need to feel guilty when you know what your boundaries are. And so that is a beautiful um, process by which you guided that person out. And I was so excited that you brought it forth. So now here you are, Susie, you're uh, growing. Talk to us about, uh, I know your projects and all the different things that you're doing. And it is a seamless flow in some cases, but sometimes we all need a little nudge in some of the things that we were supposed to do, but we are have a little apprehension about doing. Talk to me about some of those little nudges that you had to do with some of the things that you have today. I know you're a speaker and all of the different things. Um, talk to me about some of those services that you have. Did you want to do it? Um, how did you go about putting these little tools together, stuff like that, so that they can get a chance to see that you push through, as they say? Well, it's, uh, I really, uh, I, I tend to live by what I call following the breadcrumb. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I really believe that there is guidance for us in terms mm-hmm. of the direction that we take. And one of the greatest challenges is to trust that because sometimes yeah. we will go in a certain direction and other people might have ideas about what we should be doing. And it's really important that we follow that inner guidance. We follow those external breadcrumbs, yes. but we allow our heart in alignment with our mind, with our wisdom, mm-hmm. guided by the insights and experiences that we've gained over the years to make the choices to move our life forward. And so for me, uh, right now, one of the places where I am investing a a great deal of time has been in the realm of podcasts, Mm -hmm. because it gives me an opportunity to have really amazing conversations as I'm having with you today, that connects with people in their lives where they are. Mm-hmm. Like, there are people that are listening here now to our conversation that may or may not ever connect with me personally, but there might be something in what I share that yeah. touches their life, that gives them an aha moment, an insight, mm-hmm. a, um, a piece of wisdom, something that yeah. lightens their day and enlightens their day that they can take and move their life forward. And so this has been uh, one of the most satisfying parts of my journey professionally is to be able to to be invited to these platforms to share from my experience. I think it's important. Uh, someone, I had a conversation with someone. I said, the reason why the, the podcast... Um, genre was put together was because they were waiting for people like myself to come and teach and tell people about uh, about God and his principles. And so I always knew that I was a teacher. And so this platform, I was a single dad with four boys. And at the time, um, I felt the call in my life to come and teach. And, and, and I would be able to do that back and forth from traveling here and there. 
And I knew that when I was in that space, Susie, there is a tremendous amount of um, oneness with God that I felt in there, a union that I cannot explain, but I know that I belong there. I knew where my gifts were uh, because I was exposed to it a, um, a long time, a younger um, life. As I grew old, um, you know, youth group, I knew where it was. People would come and tell me all the time what I was, and I knew it. But because of, quote unquote, the uh, things of the world, I had to maintain. But as soon as my children were grown and I had the ability, um, and actually God had to nudge me out because my time, I wanted to wait until I was retirement age to do it. And he said, no, I need you a little sooner than that. And he uh, created a space by which I can come out. So I am able to do that now through this platform of podcasts. I have this one that I do the interviews with. I have two others that I teach from, I operate from my gift. And so I know exactly what that is and how it feels to be in that space. And it is a connectness. I can only explain it as this. You are one with Creator. You're one with God Almighty. And you're walking in the gift that you have been given before the foundation of the earth. He says, I knew you before you were born. And he deposited that in us. And that is a sweet place to live. There is a joy, Susie, that cannot be explained. Um, it can only be uh, felt. We can find the words to try, but uh, try to find the words, but ca I can't explain it. And so I invite everyone that is listening to us to afford yourself the journey that we're talking about. Afford yourself to learn who you are and that you are of great quality, quantity and quality. I tell you who you're made of and that, that your God saw something valuable in you that he sent his son to come and die for you. And because you're that valuable, that uh, you have this power within you that resides there, that you need to know who you are. And I want to thank you, Susie, for coming to us because this conversation has been a powerful one. And I hope that those that are listening to us will get in touch with Susie, buy her book, get that in your hands, get into her space and learn from her and be the greatest you possible on this planet while we're walking here. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you. Everyone who's listening to this broadcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trial to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google 
Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.